the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. It's absolutely wonderful to be here, and I must say hello to all the other venues that are watching, and uh, maybe people might be watching on a, on a recording at some future date. But I have to say, I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I first of all want to honour David and Karen. They have become dear friends, and we've watched over the years this church grow and flourish, and again, be one of those flagship churches. And they open up the church during the year to allow churches from all around the country to come to do what we call the learning community. And it is such an amazing experience. And so I want to give you guys... A big round of applause and thank you so much. I'm honoured to be here. I love the title, Healing the Sick Like Never Before. I love this phrase because it is bursting with intent. And it's something that we need to do. We need to lean into healing like never before. We have to really step into this and take risks because our natural stance is to kind of sit in a comfortable place. And it's, uh, it's easy for us to be compassionate and empathetic. But actually when we lean into this and take the risk, I believe that's when we see the results, and this is what we're being invited into. Now, I want to um, start with a, a little story. So this was a couple in our church who came to church one Sunday morning um, quite unhappy because um, she was expectant, uh, expecting a baby, and they just had a scan which revealed that their little baby had what was called a cleft lip, which by the time she would be born would become a cleft palate. And they had been told that this meant she would face a number of operations, she would have difficulty feeding, and basically experience quite a lot of trauma as a little baby girl and a little girl as she was growing up, and then even end up with a little bit of a scar. And so they were concerned, and we began to pray. A number of us laid hands on her tummy and prayed for her. It wasn't just us, it was others in the church, it was relatives, it was anybody who, who loved Jesus just felt this permission from them to, to pray over their baby. And when she was born, she was completely, uh, there was nothing, no sign whatsoever of a cleft palate. She was completely healed. Now, <laughs> praise the Lord. Now, the interesting thing is they went back to the consultant and they said, is it possible that in the womb there are growth hormones and there are various reasons why she may have uh, come out without any sign of a cleft palate? And they said, there is absolutely no way that could have happened. We have no explanation for how this could be and how this could have turned out as it did. 
So we are invited into the ministry of Jesus. We can only heal the sick today because of Jesus. Jesus is our model and it's because of what he did for us and because he told us to do it. Now, I love the, the, that they've started with Isaiah, the quote for, uh, from Luke 4 of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, because Jesus, he goes into the desert, he's tempted, he comes back in the power of the Holy Spirit, he goes into the synagogue in Nazareth and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And just to remind you again, he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. And he goes from there and he sets a man who's oppressed free. He then goes into Peter's home where Peter's mother-in-law has been suffering from a fever. He heals her and she begins to wait on them. He then goes from there and in verse 40 it says, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. So that was the ministry of Jesus, and this is our ministry too. And so I want to encourage you today, I want to teach you very practically how to heal the sick in a very naturally supernatural way. Uh, my goal, in a sense, is that you would actually be able to go out from here with confidence that you can heal the sick wherever you go, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, in your families, and of course amongst one another. But I get more excited when I hear people praying for unbelievers as a seed that is sown in their lives that they can never forget of what God has done for them. And we find that God is healing people today through ordinary people like you and me all over the nation and all over the world. This really is a time of jubilee. So in John chapter 14, Jesus told his followers, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So if you believe in Jesus then you can heal the sick. This isn't about getting your life in order. You might be just momentarily just become a Christian. You can heal the sick as soon as you believe. Now, I first of all want to invite Di and Steve to come up. They've come with me. As they come up, I'll tell you a little bit about them. They've come with me from um, Trent. They actually drove me here this morning. They are leaders in our church. Give them a round. And uh, at the moment, uh, they are leading a um, small group for new believers, but at times you've led alpha groups and various things. But first of all, Di, I want you to just tell me something happened to you personally some months ago. Yeah, so um, from last March, I'd started to have like chronic chillblains in my fingers and toes. Um, and I put up with it, and it was just annoying and frustrating. And it was like this chronic burning. And the pads on my right hand, I'm right-handed, would be permanently red. Um, and just annoying, really. And it was an inconvenience. But I put off going to the doctors. Um, and I just started last August. I'd made an appointment to have blood tests and things. And on August the 11th last year, um, one of our senior pastors, John Bodley, um, said, right, we're going to do something different today. He, was, he stood up to do his preach. And he said, we're, gonna, we're not going to end with ministry. We're going to start with ministry time. Um, and we're going to do it right here, right now, at the start of his preach, which was different. But I felt in my soul something really different. Um, and in that moment, he invited people with any ailments to stand up. Um, and in that moment, I had a choice to make because 22 years prior to last year, um, I'd had a very serious undiagnosed illness. And I went, I was, it was undiagnosed for eight months. But during that time, in the fellowship we were in at that time, 
I was told on more than one occasion that I didn't have faith enough to be healed. Um, and I realised last August, on August the 11th, in that second, that I'd allowed those words to permeate my soul. And um, I had a choice to make. So I did the great exchange and I said, Lord, I could pray for anybody else. I had faith to believe for anyone else, but not myself. And in that second, as John spoke, I knew I did the great exchange and I said, Lord, please take. And I'm, I'm sorry for not believing for myself. And as I stood up, I literally got up from my seat and I just felt this incredible power. It was undeniable. Um, just surged top of my head to the tips of my toes. And I looked at my hand and the redness had gone and it has never returned. But I've done the sensible thing and I've had the tests. I've had an MRI, I have a different test and they're all absolutely fine, tickety-boo. And I've not had it since. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay with us. Steve. Steve, I want to ask you, you um, were doing an Alpha table at this time a few years ago, and uh, so with a group of unbelievers and maybe a couple of believers, what happened when you prayed for Nick? Okay, um, Nick was, um, it was only probably second week, and um, he couldn't sleep, and uh, he had insomnia. He would, his routine would, um, every night, he would sleep um, downstairs, he wouldn't sleep upstairs with his wife, and his wife would get him eight cans of uh, beer each night, and he would wake on the hour, every hour. So, and so basically he said he, had, he was an alcoholic and had insomnia from the age of 16. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, um, so, we, so we just, I just prayed for him at the end. And it was just three simple words. And I said, Lord, just surprise him. And that was it. And a week, I didn't have his number. A week later, he came back and he couldn't believe it. He went home that night. His, his beer was there, had the first sip and fell asleep and didn't wake up till half his day until his wife woke him up. And um, he can't stop sleeping now. And uh, <laughs> uh, the, the funniest story was um, the shopkeeper rang his wife and says, have I upset you? She says, why? Because you're not buying any beer off me any longer. So it's just simple. That's amazing. And then what did, did Nick go on to give his life to the Lord? Yeah, and- uh, Nick went on to give his life to the Lord and he was baptised and he's on that journey. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and Nick brings friends to the Lord, to, brings people to church. And it's been an amazing journey. It's been three years ago. So he really is alcohol free and insomnia free, which is amazing. So everybody is invited, everybody to participate in this. In Mark 16, Jesus tells his disciples, In verse 15, go into all the world and preach good news to all creation. In verse 17, he says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they'll speak in tongues, and they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. And then in Matthew chapter 10, he calls his disciples and he says this, he gives them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And then he tells them later in Matthew 28, the resurrected Christ says to them, make disciples, teach them to do everything I've taught you. So folks, every one of us is called to this. In the vineyard, we have a saying, everyone gets to play. So if you believe you have authority to do this stuff, now authority It's like when a police officer uh, stops you because he's wearing a uniform or you hear the siren going, you stop 
and you listen to what the police officer says because his uniform carries the symbol or the sign that he has the invested in him the authority from the government, from all our kind of governmental structures, that he has authority to stop you. You have to pay attention. You wouldn't pay attention to just any ordinary person who wants to stop you in the street. You have a choice. But with a police officer, you better do what he tells you. And it's the same with us. We've been given authority. Through Jesus Christ, we have authority to heal the sick. We have authority over sickness. It is ours because we believe in Jesus. And so I want us to learn to put this into practice. Now, um, my cleaner, she hasn't yet come to faith in Jesus. I've known her for 20 years. She's been to every carol service, baptism service. She brings people. She talks about our church. And she's always inviting me to pray for people who are unbelievers that she knows. Um, And in fact, right now, we're in the process of organizing a healing party with all her non-Christian friends. So who knows what the Lord's doing with her? But maybe he has a reason why she isn't yet a believer and she's got all these unbelieving friends. But anyway, so um, it was in the summer and she said, would you come and pray for my nephew who's dying of cancer? Now, uh, her nephew never got healed of cancer, but we visited um, probably three or four times. John and I went to see him in hospital and all the extended family were there. And while we were there, we had opportunities to pray for others. And one of them was a young girl, one of his cousins, who she said, will you pray for me? They actually asked if we would pray. So even though this young man who was dying uh, initially showed improvement, but then it, it didn't improve. But even though he was clearly dying, they still wanted us to pray for them, which was just wonderful. And uh, so she said, I have endometriitis. She'd had a num- number of operations and was in serious pain and taking lots of medication. And she had been told by the doctors that she would never be able to have a child. And so for a young woman, that was a pretty hard thing. Anyway, uh, so we said yes. So there and then in front of the others, we just, she stood there and we just laid hands on her and we just invited the Holy Spirit to come and then we waited and we could see her whole countenance change. It was like you could just see a peace come over her. And then um, she uh, began to uh, just sort of, her eyelids began to flutter, she began to cry a bit as we prayed for this condition to disappear, for it to go. Well, anyway, we left them And so there'd been a sign that the Holy Spirit was on her, but we didn't know at that point what had changed. A couple of weeks later, she reported that she'd come off her medication. Now, we wouldn't tell anybody to come off their medication. They'd have to go back to the doctors, but she'd taken it upon herself. And she said she had no pain, no symptoms, so she was convinced she was healed. Now, she is now expecting her first child. So isn't that wonderful? So God is on the move. And I believe that signs and wonders go hand in hand, that we have an opportunity to sow seeds. And this is what I get really excited about. So my hope is that you will get to see people who haven't uh, ever encountered the Lord's love in a different way, that they would encounter the Lord through healing. And that might be a step in the right direction. Just a few weeks ago, we were hosting our National Leaders Conference. And the night before, we have all our pastors, we eat together. And there was an outside company came in to um, wait on the tables and and serve the food. And one of them was uh, one of the waitresses. um, Turned out one of the pastors in the room had been chatting to her. And he came across and said, she wants to know about the church. So then she came across and said, "Uh, I've heard this is actually a church. Because obviously a venue, ours is a little bit like this. You don't for somebody who comes from an unchurched background, they're assuming a church steeple. So she hadn't quite realized this was a church. So I was telling her about the church. And as we were chatting, the pastor next to me had a word for her and said, 
do you have a back condition? And she said, yes, I do. And he said, is it a pain that's located at the top of your neck? She said, yes. So we said, we'd like to pray for you. So we laid hands on her. We prayed for her. We also sensed that maybe she had one leg shorter than the other. So we sat her down on a chair and we measured it. And it turned out that one leg was definitely about half an inch shorter than the other. And so we prayed for the leg. We prayed for the back of her neck. And all the pain left her. And she decided she wanted to give her life to Jesus that evening. So we were able to pray through a prayer of salvation. So there is often times when we pray for people to get healed that we can go that next step and say, do you want to meet Jesus? Do you want to know him? Do you want to invite him into your life? Another time we were praying uh, for a young lad who came to our church and uh, his parents had recommended he come. Now at that time he was training for the British Olympics in gymnastics and actually to enter um, the world championships. But this was for the, uh, initially it was for the British Olympics. And um, he was distraught because he had now had a, a torn ligament in his left shoulder and the problems in his right shoulder and his coaches were thinking of pulling him. So he's not a believer at this time. He comes to church and he comes just so that he can get healed. And uh, my husband prayed for him and immediately he felt something change in his left arm. And that week he began practicing and by the end of the week he was back in full practicing to, to um, compete. He went on, wait, it gets better, he went on to win the British title for artistic gymnastics and 18 months before this somebody in our church had told his parents prophesied over them uh, that's when somebody gets a, a piece of information uh, about something maybe the Lord's going to do in the future which is an encouragement to folks and some of you may have received what we call prophetic words even here and as a church you will have but anyway somebody came and said specifically to them before 18 months your son will not only have won a British championship title but will have given his life to the Lord and that's exactly what happened and it wasn't even before the year so so isn't that the Lord? That's just wonderful, isn't it? So um, I have to warn you, you have to be prepared to look foolish. If we're going to heal the sick, this is a risk. In the vineyard, we say uh, faith is spelt R-I-S-K, you know, that we're stepping out, we're taking a risk, and we're going to see what happens. But sometimes you might be embarrassed. You might have to uh, rehearse what happens if somebody doesn't get healed. Now, what I do, so the very first time I ever prayed for someone, um, I actually had never seen anybody be healed in front of my eyes before, other than in a huge football stadium when I was a little girl in South America. I did see or hear testimonies, but then years went by and I heard on a phone conversation with my dad that healings had been happening in their church and that apparently if we believe in Jesus, we can heal the sick. And I wasn't even really fully committed to the Lord at the time, but I went from there and I was so excited that I told my friends who were all unbelievers that apparently because I believe in Jesus, I could heal people. And so the first person was one of my friends. Uh, they said she's gone up to the sand with what, what they think is appendicitis, possibly burst and so the ambulance is on his way you've got to go and heal her so I went up never saw anybody pray for anybody before but what I said was I'm learning to heal the sick I've never done this before can I have a go and so she had nothing to lose I had a go and all the pain left now to this day we don't know what did she have it didn't she I can't prove that I don't have but as far as my friends were concerned Debbie had healing powers <laughs> but but the thing is it's quite helpful when you're praying for an unbeliever you can always say I'm 
learning to heal the sick. Can I use you as a guinea pig? Can I try? Um, uh, and, and another thing. So, for example, we, uh, we had a plasterer. He was plastering our house, and he was moaning about pain in his knees and swelling in his knees uh, from laying a floor the day before. And uh, this was, he was f- concerned that this would jeopardize his work for the coming week. So we offered to pray for him. We said, oh, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to have a go. We prayed. Nothing happened. Prayed another, a second time. Nothing happened. But what we did at the end is we said, thank you so much for letting us pray for you. So we took the blame, in a sense. We took the blame for it not happening. We didn't want him to have any sense that there could be any issue with him. We never want the person that we're praying for to feel like they've got an issue, that they've not got faith. I always take responsibility. I'm learning in this is what I say. We're all learning. And it's two step forwards, one step back, three step forwards, and then four. I would encourage you to not give up until you've prayed for at least 200 people. And you will see so many people healed in that time, you will never want to stop praying for the sick. But we have to keep pressing in. So... um, We also live in a time of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. The kingdom of God was ushered in with Jesus, but we are waiting for the time when every tear will be wiped away and every discomfort will leave us, when everything will be put right. And we live in what we call an eschatological tension. It sounds like a sickness, doesn't it? An eschatological tension where, you know, we saw the kingdom ushered ushered in with all these signs and wonders, and we are part of this ushering in of the kingdom. We're here to extend the kingdom in every way possible, everywhere possible but at the same time we may not see everything happen this side of heaven and we long for the day when Jesus comes back and everything will be put right but the more we press in the more we see the more we enter into the identity that we have in Christ and we can um, see more but we won't see anything if we don't try so I now want to ask Pete to come on up and um, just to tell you a little bit about Pete as he's coming up um, Pete has been uh, not that long a Christian have you Pete how long ago did you become a Christian? Just over two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. But you now uh, help lead Healing on the Streets. Yes, I do. Yeah. So tell me the first time you prayed for somebody at the work, in the workplace. Yeah, so uh, the first time, um, I, it was a Monday morning. Um, I just got into work and I, I'm a welder. So I was, I was work, uh, walking to my welding bay. Um, and I saw this guy called Dan walking towards me with a really severe limp. Um, he could barely walk, um, so I approached him. I said, "Dan, what's wrong?" And he told me that his knee had popped out the night before. And right there and then, I felt a prompting to pray, but I was like, "I'm not ready for this." <laughs> so I carried on walking back to my bay, and literally, like for the next hour and a half, I was trying to. I was giving myself a pep talk. Come on, you can do this. And it was funny because during that time, I mean, normally I don't really see him much in the day, but he was walking or stumbling across my, my welding curtain for like the hour and a half. It's it like God was tempting me. Come on. <laughs> so I was, um, he, he went across this, this like final time. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I shouted him, shouted him in and he came stumbling in. <laughs> and I said, it's still not better then. He says, no. And I said, and at this point, I don't even think he knew I was a Christian, to be honest. I said, would you mind if I prayed for your knee? And he's like, yeah, go on then, mate. I mean, I'm not sure if you really expected to be healed or whether he was just felt obliged. Um, so I got down on my knees, uh, put my hand on his knee, said a simple prayer that he'd be healed. Um, and I, and I, actually, before that, I asked um, for a pain rating between 1 and 10 or 0 and 10. I think he said about 8. Um, I said, how does that feel? Sort of moved it a bit. And he says, yeah, I think that feels a bit better. I said, what, what rating would you give it now? And he said a 6. I said, wow, let's go again. So, so I prayed again. 
uh, this time he said he felt like hot flushes going through his body and he went down to about four. I was like, amazing, let's go again. And then this last time I could almost feel like his kneecap moving a bit under my hand. And I stepped away, how is it now? And he, he could literally like squat down on one knee, whereas before he could barely walk, he was completely healed. Um, and I had a word of knowledge as well that I shared with him and, I, and he let me pray with him through that as well. That's um, amazing. And then tell mm. me what's been happening since that, after that at work. Yeah, so after that, I mean, we're approaching a year now. I think that happened sort of uh, May time or April. Um, and there's been 20 instances of healing uh, with about eight or nine people. Some people have been like mul- healed multiple times of different things. Um, and, that, and that sort of spread out, you know, as I've developed a confidence of stepping out in my workplace, it's been like a training area yeah. uh, for going out into the streets and doing it with friends and family and things yeah. like that. And I've seen, you know, other people healed. Um, That's amazing. And yeah. then some of them have actually started to take an interest in faith and mm. conversations about Jesus. And then I think one or two have been coming to church. Yeah, so, so. Two, two gave their lives. One immediately after they were healed of two conditions in one go. Um, and another guy who was healed and over a process of weeks of conversations, yeah. he decided to make a commitment. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you. So there's no excuse. We can start quite early on. So what I want to do now is I'm just going to talk you through um, a a healing uh, method or model. Now, it's actually not a method. I don't want you to lock onto this and say, you know, this is how I've got to do it through every step. But it's a helpful model, uh, some guidelines that will help you in this. So first of all, you're wanting to ascertain what the issue is, what's going on, what's wrong. And as Pete said, try and measure the problem. If it's a question of pain, is it a 10 now? So can we measure it? change as we go along you know if for example there's a a stiff joint or something you know how high can they measure it Uh, but you don't want to go into a long diagnosis and hear the whole medical journey because we are not doctors we just want to pray simple prayers of healing in a very natural way Um, and along the way we're going to depend on the Holy Spirit as Pete said sometimes the Lord gives you a a word of knowledge a piece of information that the, the condition could be related to something else so I remember one woman coming up and she came up with her hands were were stiff with arthritis they were bent in she could barely move them and as we we began to sort of ask her about the arthritis one of the team praying had a word of knowledge that this was related to hurt and an issue of unforgiveness so very gently they said is there somebody who's hurt you in your life and she said "Uh, yes there is and they said have you been able to forgive that person and she said well I thought I had Um, but anyway she did it again and then we began to pray that God would heal her heart we hadn't yet touched her hands or prayed for her hands but her hands were like this out in front and as she began to uh, she forgave and then we began to welcome the presence of Jesus to heal her heart she began to weep and the tears fell on her hands and she it was like she just automatically began to move her hands and it was like the tears were like oil and it, they just and all the hands became loose so we never even had to pray for the arthritis it just got healed through the process of forgiveness so we're walking this through with the Holy Spirit we're asking the Holy Spirit to guide us because there could be some, uh, you know, some presenting, the presenting problem may not be the absolute problem. So we've also measured uh, the extent of the problem, whether it's a, what the pain threshold is. And, and then we're going to come along to how are we going to pray? 
uh, how are we going to pray? Uh, I would first of all just welcome the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just welcome you. I welcome you into this place. I welcome you uh, to come upon this person. I welcome you as we minister healing. Increase our anointing for healing. Increase our faith here, Lord. Now, if you're praying for an unbeliever, you may not be able to do that. You're just internally doing that. But here in this setting, it's a safe place. You can, you can pray and you can take longer. Now, we're not going to pray a prayer of petition, because we have authority to heal the sick. Jesus told us to heal the sick. So we don't need to ask God to heal this person. We need to pray prayers of command. We command the pain to leave. We command the cancer to go. We command this lump to to dissipate. Or we command uh, movement in the knee. We command swelling to go down. We we command opening eyes and deaf ears to be opened. We command uh, stretching. And, you know, whatever the, the issue is, as best you can, you're following the directive as best you can of the Holy Spirit, and you're issuing a prayer of command with the authority that is vested in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, is that a cry at the back? Um, Anyway, we're watching also with our eyes open. We're watching with our eyes open because people start to show signs that the Holy Spirit's on them. You might miss somebody uh, showing, like maybe their eyelids begin to flutter or they begin to quake or they begin to, their expression changes. It may be an indication they're feeling something. And so we're having an interaction. We keep our eyes open. We don't want to get all super spiritual and religious about this. We just want to be very natural. And, uh, and we may want to just watch what happens. There was one occasion we were praying for this guy and uh, as he was praying, he started to sort of convulse and do some strange things. We were praying for a very um, uh, seriously painful bat, which he'd had for 20 years. So we were, he was having treatment, but it wasn't getting better, and it was in his lower back. And so we were praying, but he was doing some strange movements. And so we asked him what was going on. He said, I feel like I'm being stretched and pulled. And so we said, is there something, are you feeling like you know, this needs something else needs to happen. Something said, Well, actually, I feel like I need to be on the floor. So he lay on the floor, and it was like he was in traction, being pulled back and forth. And eventually, that went on for 20 minutes. Eventually, it stopped, and he felt an improvement. But the next day, we were at a, it was a conference environment. He came back the next day, and he had slept through the whole night, and he was completely free of pain. So we have to watch what's going on. Now, do we put hands on? The Bible often says hands on, but we watch Jesus and he didn't always put hands on. Sometimes he prayed at a distance uh, for the Roman centurion's servant. He Sometimes someone would touch his garment. There'd be other ways. So in this time, I want to advise you, if you're going to pray for someone today or in this season of, of uh, viruses spreading, let's pray hands on, but through clothing. Let's not do skin to skin. It's nothing, there's no special formula about skin to skin, but Pray as the Lord leads. So I would encourage not to touch somebody, you know, I've, I've sometimes put a finger in someone's ear or touched their eyes as I felt like, but I won't do it now. I would just put, I would just hover over the top instead of actually touching them. But be led by the Spirit in this, but let's be wise. So normally we would put hands on, but always decently ask whether they, they're happy for you to do it. I've often prayed for somebody and just put my hand on their shoulder when it was a knee condition if they weren't happy for me to touch them. So we can be sensible about this. And then you want to check. After you've prayed, you've prayed a prayer of command, you check. How are you doing? What's going on? How is, ha, has there been any improvement? And, uh, and if there is, you're encouraged to continue. Uh, I would always pray again, even if there's no improvement. But um, you know, don't worry. Sometimes the healing comes the next time. Sometimes somebody isn't healed, but they come back and we find soaking prayer. They, time and time again, they come forward and then eventually they get, pray, they get healed. We, I would say to someone, do something you couldn't do. 
Is there something you couldn't do? So if they couldn't lift their arm up higher than there, have a go, try. Don't, don't force it, but just have a go. You know, if you couldn't see and read that sign, let's see now. Can you read it? So have a go at something you couldn't do. Um, you know, if they had a lump, can they feel it? Can they t- let's test it. Let's see what's going on. Um, and then uh, if nothing happens... We just say, thank you so much for letting us pray for you. Do come back again or let us know if something improves when you leave, because sometimes it does. And don't stop coming forward for prayer. Uh, So you thank them. My husband, John, he had a condition for um, over 10 years. Uh, It was um, urticaria, which is when he would get these lumps would come up and they would itch and uh, it was chronic. And uh, there was not going to be, apparently after you've had medication, you've been on it for, and it hasn't worked and you've been like this for about a year, they say it probably isn't going to get better. So he had it for 10 years. The, the amount of medication he was taking was so much that when I would go to the chemist, if I changed chemist, went to another chemist, and I asked them um, you know, for, the, for the prescription, they would challenge it. And they would always have to call the consultant to verify that this was the amount he was taking. So it was packets and packets of tablets. And uh, even with the tablets, he would get big lumps and he would have itching sticks around the house. Now, praise God... The tablets didn't make him sleepy, which in, uh, if it was a different era, it would have. So he was able to function, but he was itching all the time. Well, years of, of people praying for him on different occasions. One time the whole church stood up and prayed for him. I mean, we did everything. But then we, you know, there would be seasons when he wouldn't be prayed for, and then he'd go to another place and maybe he'd get prayer again. So he never stopped seeking healing, but he didn't depend on it. He wasn't sort of, that wasn't his goal in life. But then we were in a meeting once, and uh, someone said, Um, they sensed there was oil, the oil of the Spirit in the room. This isn't a theological, scriptural method or anything like that, but they sensed there was oil. And if we were to take the oil and rub it on the condition... Now, as soon as the person said, this is not in the Bible, I'm not saying that this is something we can biblically defend, but it's something... I have faith for. But if you feel you have faith for that, go for it. So John was like, okay, I can handle that. He's not trying to defend this from the scriptures. Okay, I'm going to take the oil, rub it. And he was completely healed from that day forward. He's never taken any medication. And honestly now, because because John is so ruthlessly honest, he would say he's 99.9999% healed because occasionally he gets the tiniest little tiny little lump once a month or so he might not even that often uh, and he's not taking any medication even on medication he used to have big lumps so that is amazing so that is how you pray for the sick like never before and so I want to encourage you to do this and so now what I'm going to do uh, before we go into do some other things I'm going to pray for all of us wherever you are whatever site you are however you're watching this and what I'd like to do is encourage you to stand up right now and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to anoint us for healing. So if you'd like to receive an anointing for healing, I want to pray for you. Don't feel you have to stand up, but if you'd like to, then I would like to do this. So wherever you are, whichever venue, I'm just going to pray now. And while I'm praying, can I ask the team to come on up while I'm praying? And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room. And I just invite you to open up your hands as if you're receiving something. And Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. I ask that your gift of uh, of healing would rest on these, your servants, that you would anoint them for healing right now in this place, wherever they are. Bless them with this healing gift, Lord. Now, some of you, as you hold your hands out, you may feel something. You may feel a heat or a tingling. You might feel um, even sometimes a cold air 
on your hands. And I just want to bless that. Now, even if you feel nothing, it doesn't mean that you've not received the gift of healing. And so I just bless you all over the room. And I thank you, Lord, that you want us to function in this. In Jesus' name, amen.